Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I am your host, Sarah Heron. We are at the Women Tell All, and oh boy, was it an explosive, probably hour and a half of content, two hours with those commercials. Wow, I didn't know the women could make me sympathize with Shanae at all, but they certainly kind of tried. Um, and I have someone, an eyewitness, who was in the crowd for it all, Boots on the Ground, Us Weekly's West Coast Entertainment Reporter, Hannah Khan. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for your service attending this shit show. <laughs> well, thank you for having me, first off. I've been a fan of your Bachelor content before I even started working at Us Weekly, so I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for that. It means quite a lot. <laughs> but no, I feel like this was a women tell all that the Bachelor in general doesn't do reunions great. It's no, they're no Andy Cohen. You know what I mean? Like it's not a housewife reunion where we really go through start to finish. Um, they always like the things they choose to focus on sometimes confuse me, but this season had a lot of things that they had to get through. And I actually thought they did a decent job and they showed Clayton talking to the women more and them kind of coming for Clayton more. Usually I feel like they tease like, oh, the lead will be facing their exes. And then they get out there and it's like just for the bloopers. So I kind of felt like, and maybe it's just going with the theme of poor Clayton's really just getting shit on all the time. Um, but I feel like it was dark and upsetting, but also accomplished some stuff. I don't know. What was your vibe overall after being there and then watching it and seeing kind of yeah. what made it? I don't know if I've ever seen the women give a bachelor such a hard time before. Yeah. So I kind of, felt a little bad for Clayton. No, I, he definitely made some mistakes. I think we all know that, but I do think that he meant well and he was coming into the lion's den. He looked terrified stepping onto stage. So, you know, there was a lot of drama leading up to that, of course, but I think I was a bit surprised that the women really did let him know how they felt. And it was harsh. <laughs> I think so too. I think they were riled up and I know social media has been riled up and it continued. I don't really think anyone came off that great. Maybe Teddy and Serene, which we'll get to, but everybody else, whether it was Shanae or the woman yelling at Shanae, um, Clayton was fine. I think he did everything he could, but it just kind of felt like chaotic all over the place from start to finish. Oh, I took notes during the taping and right at the beginning, I wrote, 
everyone is screaming, pure chaos. <laughs> so yes, from the start, I mean, the women were shouting over one another with most of the yelling directed at Shanae. It was easier to hear watching the women tell all back last night on TV, but in the moment it was complete mayhem. That is really, really funny. And I'm glad that's what it was like, because I wanted to ask you, I mean, Jesse Palmer, which was funny that they had the like not Clayton Eckert as his title card. That was a cute little, <laughs> cute little bachelor producer moment. I like when they do stuff like that, but did it, did he really lose control of the room in five minutes? Because that's what it felt like on TV. And it kind of felt like these women were, came in swinging and there was no like time for intros. And was that what it felt like in real life too? I mean, there were intros and then yes, they went right at it. I thought Jesse looked so calm and collected when I interviewed him after the taping, I asked what was going through his head as the women were screaming at each other. And he told me he couldn't hear anything. Ooh. He was trying to listen. And I can relate to that because being in the press area, we were hearing all the sound and it was just uh, so chaotic. So he said it was like zero to 60. And so what you saw on TV was actually what it was like in real life. And he um, just couldn't even hear what they were yelling about. Exactly. Like the, because everyone was talking at once and I just think it was hard to hear with the mics. Um, so he said that there were women standing up. He wasn't sure if they were going to swing on each other a couple of times. I oh said, would you have stepped in? He's like, I, I don't even, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. But yes, if there had been a fight, he would have been there as a bodyguard. I almost feel like the women like risk. This is nothing against Jesse Palmer. I think he's done a, a good job like stepping into kind of a weird situation, but like almost like the women respect her are more intimidated by Chris Harrison. Like, and also with Clayton too, like I have nothing, I don't dislike Clayton as a person, but I feel like overall as a lead, I wouldn't say they were overly like bowing down to him to last night or the whole season and neither has the audience. So it sort of feels like people have been stepping on Jesse and Clayton this whole time. And last night was no exception. You know what it's like? It's almost like when you have a babysitter and your parents are out for the night, or if there's a substitute teacher the substitute, yes, you don't know them as well. And Chris Harrison had been there for so long. So maybe that's what happened. <laughs> Poor Jesse. <laughs> I kind of think so because also like Chris, I think I've heard, I've interviewed so many of these people before and unless they're the lead, they really, whenever you'd ask about Chris Harrison, pre-scandal or whatever controversy, they'd always be like, I don't really know the guy. Like they wouldn't say anything good or bad. It was just like, that's Chris Harrison. Like they didn't really know him. And I think that that kind of worked in his advantage for when he had to ask them like hard questions, they were a little intimidated by him. It's like a little different than, than maybe the Jesse Palmer of it all, but I don't know. That's just an assumption. Hmm. Um, all right, let's get into the the specific segments. I mean, Shanae, quickly after that clip, pa clip package aired, someone yelled, Shanae, did they lock you in a closet as a child? They're calling her budget-ass Meryl Streep. Um, but then we quickly went to Claire, who Clayton, Claire was the one who was on for the first night. And that was actually an interesting storyline for the first night because we don't usually see people decide they hate The Bachelor within two seconds of meeting them. But again, justice for Clayton, where they set up this season to make him like, not the dream guy. It's like a joke that the bachelor used to be like the guy you want to meet. You know what I mean? Like wealthy has a great job, just hasn't met the girl yet and needs a little help. It's definitely switched to be a little more like, okay, they're not quite as dream boaty, not necessarily in looks, but like in whatever they're all influencers or failed football players. 
but I feel like this was the, they set the tone for the season to have Sally reject Clayton, then have this girl reject Clayton and then have it touched upon again, saying he was too soft. I was just like, this guy can't catch a break. I know I felt for him. Maybe they were trying to make it just him seem a little bit more vulnerable and relatable because look, we've all been rejected in the real world. But to be honest, I had completely forgotten about Claire's early exit. But I will say that they covered that pretty quickly. Okay. And then they moved right on to Cassidy. Right. So yes, Claire was wrapped up pretty quickly. The girls were just mad. She didn't quit sooner. She admitted, you know, I was a little drunk. I was stirring the pot. Hey, if I was in the bachelor mansion and I didn't, and I was a little tipsy, I wouldn't be rushing out either. Even if I didn't like the guy, I don't blame her. But Cassidy, I almost forgot was our OG besides Claire villain because she, that first group date with Hillary Duff or second, whatever it was, was the one who was, you know, really stirring the pot before she coached Shanae, as they said it. And she said in on the show that she didn't realize she was rubbing people the wrong way. So she was kind of saying she was, you know, trying to be funny in an interview. She was lighthearted. They clearly were just pissed because she was distracting from the purpose of the show. Um, what were your thoughts on Cassidy overall? You know, with villains, I feel like sometimes people go into the show trying to play that role. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people go in with their eyes on the prize, so to speak. And I think in this case, Cassidy really was zoned in on Clayton. I don't think she necessarily was trying to come off as a villain. And I think we saw that because we saw a different side of her at the Women Tell All. She, she did, I think she took accountability for her actions for the most part. I appreciated that. yeah, it's so funny that we consider Sinead to be like the biggest villain from the season, but for the first few episodes, it really was Cassidy. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think the difference between Sinead and Cassidy is Cassidy was like being sarcastic and silly and maybe, you know, not really caring about other people's feelings, but just yeah. like in a lighthearted way, whereas Sinead wanted to win this television program. And I think that that's the difference between the two of us. Yes. No, absolutely. Um, I mean... Shanae. Oh, Shanae. We, we got so much to say about Shanae. I just wanted to really quickly touch on the line that thought it was hilarious when Cassidy said that the sex was good. I wasn't going to cut it off until I got engaged when she was talking about her oh, yeah. buddy at home. Uh-huh. And it's true. Like, and I think that it's obviously these women were trying to imply that she was planning to see this guy and wasn't going to cut it off. And that's not cool. But I agree with her where it's like, listen, you're going on the show. You might be gone for 24 hours. You might be gone for two months. And I believe genuinely that if she fell for Clayton or she made it to the end, she would have had to tie up some loose ends. It might've been awkward. Hey, Clayton, by the way, I do, you know, whatever. And we've seen like that with someone like a Jed, but it's different. Like Jed was saying, I love you to this girl and said, I'll see you when I get home. This girl was like, I got this F boy. He's good and bad. I'm just not going to climb that loose. And like, I don't believe she was planning to see this guy the way they were trying to make it seem. I love that she supports sex positivity all about yes. that. But I think the issue is that she was FaceTiming him in the hotel True. before the season started. So that's where it gets a little sketchy. You know, it's yeah. like, how close were they? you know, talking about coming back and watching the show together. Like I could see why some women didn't love that, but I'm all for her, her stance. Yes, <laughs> I agree. That's true. And I, maybe I'm being too, like giving her the benefit of the doubt because I am usually very harsh on the, like have someone at home. I think she just messed up and you have to tie up the loose ends a little better before you leave the sh- you leave to film the show. I'm not saying yeah. you need to never see this guy again or tell him everything, but you have to just be smart about it or not tell anyone. Like in what world I mean, is she why opening up about this? Share that. What was the point? <laughs> not not anything good. That was not smart. And she was a fan of the show. She knows their cameras yeah. up. 
here. Yeah, no, no, no. And any denial of like, though I didn't know I was like being filmed like, oh, please, like there's enough reality television now where you can you can just watch one episode and know how to play, like how to, mm-hmm. who you can trust and who you can't. But that, you know, Shanae's moment started shortly after that. We had Kate from the Oppenheim group quickly trans- helping us transition. Um, but Lindsay, who's the one who I think looks like Jamie Lynn Spears, she does. She she had a great point in the beginning about they were damned if they do or damned if they didn't with Shanae because if they were nice, they were fake. If they were keeping a distance, they were bullies. And I thought that was a great, a totally fair. And Shanae really kind of was talking in circles, but she totally ruined it with the from the bottom of my heart. F you, Shanae, you can rot in Ohio for all I care. Like, that's just so mean. What are we accomplishing there? I thought it was so mean, too. I was surprised. I thought Lindsay was such a sweetheart. I did not expect that from her. But you can tell a lot of these women are very bitter about Shanae. Um, I do agree, too, that her point about how Shanae, if they were nice to her, you know, they were fake. So I... I think that Shanae is one of the villain types who's probably a little bit, I don't know if it's introverted, but she probably kept to herself a little bit more mm-hmm. and maybe struggled to make friends. And I think that her big issue was the women being fake. And I, to me, it just seemed like she felt left out. And totally. I think that a lot of that can turn to being pinned as like the villain, the one that's off on their own and is just focused on the guy. And then of course, her comments. I'm not defending her whatsoever, but I do think that's probably where a lot of her problems were coming from. I totally agree with you. And I think it's a weird environment to be in. I definitely think she's, I mean, a low key, a monster. Um, and she definitely like it's for, I usually am trying to see the side of the villain where quote unquote villain, where what was edited here, what was Frank inviting, what was whatever. And with Shanae, I've struggled all season because it feels like complete sentences we, we are seeing the words come out of her mouth during the normal episodes. And it just, it feels like they're not editing this. It feels like she really was like this. And I, that must've been beyond frustrating for the women. It also was just like gross how quickly they came for her. And like, I don't know who told them that that was going to look good either. It, so was lose. it was. And I don't know if you can speak to this at all, but did it feel like they, they quickly were kind of doing maybe insults or coming out like that? Or was Shanae like, pushing at them and they snapped. You know what I mean? Like, was it like a buildup or did it happen quickly? No, it happened quickly. I mean, when I said that the women started screaming at each other right away and it was mostly directed towards Shanae. Yeah. From the very beginning, it seemed like they were just spewing these hurtful comments towards her. Um, And what rubbed me the wrong way was how so many women attacked Shanae and called her some cruel names when they were accusing her of being a bully. Right. Again, I think Shanae made many mistakes and again, I'm not defending her actions, but I do think that the other women could have handled it differently because what was the point of just being so mean? You know, I I just feel like if they wanted to express that what Shanae had done had hurt their feelings and they wanted her to be accountable, I feel like a different approach would have been more successful. A hundred percent. It really feels like we're at like Girl Scouts and we're teaching like two wrongs don't make a right. Like, I'm like, I just don't know who coached them for how they, they, they got together. They got riled up. They came in there with a plan and it just doesn't look cute on TV and it's never going to, I don't care if you think you're being witty, multiple women yelling at one, even whoever she is 
dragging her quote unquote, it's never going to look good. Like it's just never going to work. And also in what world are they trusting this show to protect them and only make Shanae look bad? Like they could turn on you in a second ladies. So don't act like just cause no one likes Shanae means that you're going to look good for coming for her to this extent. They didn't use facts either. They just were screaming. And yes. a lot of people were talking about the line when she got up and first of all, the Shanae music with the shrimp started playing in the edit of last night's episode, which made me laugh, but they said, her ass looks terrible. Are you wearing a diaper? And I, that was just like, what are we doing here? Below the belt. Like why, why say that? Like if, no if, you, if they wanted to make a strong point, they could have spoken about the specific things that Shanae did during the season that were uncalled for. And there were many. Yes. But instead they just went to name calling. And so it, I, at some point I, I felt bad for Sinead again, not that she did everything right. Cause she no. did it. <laughs> but when you said, you know, was she saying things that then led the women to kind of attack her? She was mostly, she did not seem happy to be there. Mm. Uh, she was pretty quiet, kept to herself. Um, you know, she was slightly smiling, but it looked like tears were welling up in her eyes. So I think she was very uncomfortable. Um, and she, you know, held her ground and defended herself, but it wasn't as much attacking back. Okay. So look, I'm not saying that I, I just want to make it clear that I'm not defending her because I know a lot of people will come for me if I do. <laughs> no, but I, I know. Just think it, like, I think it's a good perspective though, because I also think a lot of people were like, what are we watching? Like this is, there's no one to root for here. I weirdly have sympathy for villain types because I often meet them and interview them and find them to be surprisingly kind yeah, and very genuine. Like they, in my experience, a lot of them like, are wear their heart in their sleeves and have a full range of emotions. And you do see a lot of those negative traits come out on television. Right. But I do think it's important to remember we don't see everything. And that's just something to keep in mind. Although once again, many things that Shanae did were inexcusable and disgusting. So, yeah, no, I agree. I think the both, both things can be true yes. for this situation always, but always for this situation specifically, but one woman did call out um, Genevieve on Instagram about the diaper comment. And she responded, I know two wrongs don't make a right, but I was extremely frustrated with all the lies. And I lost my temper in the heat of the moment. The comment was in no way about her body. It was about the black piece of clothing under the dress. Please remember again, I am human and nobody is perfect doesn't really give us much, but thought I should read the clarification there. And then I liked Jason Tartik, who we love, um, mm -hmm. Caitlin Bristow's fiance, obviously he tweeted because Caitlin, everyone thought did such a great job hosting the men tell all for Michelle, which I agreed with. He tweeted, imagine a Caitlin Bristow hosting women, this women tell all. feel like she'd check 95% of this bullshit, especially the body shaming. So I thought that was interesting. I don't know if, if uh, Jesse Palmer even heard it. I know you, you mean you had trouble hearing this kind of felt like a comment. Maybe she mumbled that then they turned it up so we could hear I it for the audience. But. Quickly, but once again, it was hard to tell who it came from and what was happening. It was just a lot going on at once. Yeah. But overall, that was just like not cool. It was also not interesting. All. Sierra, just to go with some social comments, who was pretty involved with just, you know, yelling stuff out and being part of the conversation with Shanae and she made it pretty far. So it made sense. Sometimes you have those women in the back who it's like, who are you? What are we doing here? Mm -hmm. She was pretty big part of the season. So I get why she weighed in and she tweeted, which I thought was interesting. 
Y'all, I was annoyed with the women to all too. I don't regret anything I said and I stand by all of it. It sadly edited out so much of others and kept a majority of me throughout the hours of filming there was. It does make me look like the Sierra show and I don't even like it, which I I didn't clock the amount of screen time they were getting. It's sort of, I also could never even follow who was yelling what most of the time. Um, but I just thought that was interesting. She doesn't regret anything she said, but she also feels like maybe they made it look like she was the one leading the charge. I don't know. I definitely think she had a lot to say. Uh, some of the other women I heard from a lot were Kate, Kira, Jill, Hunter. Which is so think, random. Yeah, I feel like uh, we might see them on Bachelor in Paradise, perhaps. Yeah. The women tell all isn't for the women who actually make it far on the show because they have plenty to talk about when it's their turn and because they can talk about the relationship. These women are here to, I guess, rehash it more, but it always feels like, who are you? Like, what, like, what were you there? But like, I don't know. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird dynamic. It is. Oh, I, I would love to hear from the final three women, but I know we will, at some point. We will I know. Um, Elizabeth obviously had a lot of drama with Shanae during the season. Um, but they didn't really even touch on that that much. The two of them went back and forth a little bit, but the specific comment about ADHD didn't get that much attention, which was shocking just because on social, that was the thing that Clayton apologized for. That was the thing that a lot of people wanted Sinead to be held accountable for. And I, I don't know if I just feel like we didn't really see much about that specifically. I can't remember either. What I was just disappointed by was that Sinead didn't take the opportunity to own up to her mistakes and apologize. Yeah. I feel like she should have done that. You know, I know you've been watching Love is Blind, but I feel like there yes. are parallels between Shanae and Shake oh, from God, Love yes. is Blind. Dark, dark times over there for those two. It just feels like they both tried to play the villain during the show and got carried away with it and then ended up making insensitive comments that hurt a lot of people. And similarly, if they had both been accountable and owned up to their mistakes at their respective reunions, they, they probably would have been received much better by their castmates and the audience. But I don't know. I mean, Shanae had the opportunity to have her final words and she didn't use them. So even Cassidy was disappointed by her. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I think that Shanae showing an ounce of accountability would have gone a really long way because the women came off looking so nasty and she didn't. So that also says a lot we need to know about Shanae too, right? Like I know she was defensive, but it's just, again, I don't know who I was rooting for during this whole thing. Like really no one, like it just felt like I was watching toxicity and toxicity and toxicity and not even getting answers that I usually want. Like we were still weren't accomplishing anything. It was just allegations. And, and going into that, I mean, the Genevieve stuff with Janae, the two of them obviously don't get along. And I think they're never going to get along, but this Aaron Clancy thing, like what is going on? What can you tell me about what Genevieve told you afterwards about this whole thing? She said she was more shocked than when Clayton accused her of being an actress than when she was accused of sleeping with Aaron from Katie season, which side note, great. Jesse Palmer's greatest line was when he stopped it and said, we're talking about Aaron Clancy from Katie season, right? Like using his little journalist hat, like clearing up. I was like, yes, Jesse, you're following. But um, what did, what did Genevieve tell you about that? And what, what were you thinking when she brought up that random allegation? Sarah, that was the biggest bombshell of the night. When Shanae made that allegation, my jaw dropped. <laughs> Everyone was shocked. Okay, so everyone's wondering, like, what's going on here? Did Genevieve sleep with Aaron? How did they meet? All of that. So after the taping, I interviewed Genevieve, and she still seemed thrown off by that allegation. 
She said to me, she said she saw Aaron at a bar. She posted a photo with him so she could understand why Shanae might have assumed that they were involved with one another. But she said, I didn't even kiss Aaron. She doesn't know him that well because I said, like, would you be interested in him? You know, I'm just trying to like journalism. I'm like, are we Bachelor in Paradise round two? I don't know. Um, So she said he seems really nice. He's very handsome. She's not saying no, but there definitely hasn't been anything between them. And she she was scared because she didn't want it to be a thing. She didn't want it to be an issue. So to clear it up, they have not been involved romantically, but there is potential for the future. I think it would be a great storyline to now have them come together in paradise. Aaron did one of the TikTok to Am I the Drama, which was, you know, classic. And Aaron loves to be the drama. So I'm sure he was thrilled to be brought up in this situation, honestly. But it begs the age old question, like, is there a difference between sliding into someone's DMs or giving the heart emoji as a reaction? I still think that counts. I still, I think that counts that you're opening up. If you're reacting to the story, I'm not saying it's a full on slide, like you're whatever, but you're, you're doing it for, Shanae is not giving Aaron heart emojis for no reason. Exactly. And it ends up in the DMs. Right. You're opening the DM. Exactly. I I think that something must have gone down between Shanae and Aaron, but who knows what we don't have all the receipts. Wish we did. We don't. And maybe Aaron, because he does from what we know about him on paradise and stuff, he loves drama. He feeds on it. Like maybe he just wanted tea, not even romantically. Like he just wanted to know like, is Shanae cause she's this controversial polarizing figure. Like, did he want to interact with her himself to see if she was, you know, villain like IRL. Like, I don't know. And then he went to Genevieve because they were on the two on together. Like maybe he was just being a bachelor sleuth because he likes drama. Like that's kind of the vibe. Of the pot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, it worked. He ended up on the women tell all. Exactly. So. Aaron, you are more relevant than you were two days ago, buddy. I'm happy for you. Um, Shanae also seemed to have a little bit of a moment with Hunter, something about her using filters on Instagram, but they didn't really show a response from Hunter. And I, I don't know, she was another one who was kind of like involved in stuff, but I didn't get a lot of actual closure with Hunter. I think she'll probably be around. They must've just included her because like you said before, a paradise moment, a paradise audition, as they call this. (laughs) Um, and then our next finally hot seat after we moved on from Shanae was Sarah, which I don't know how you feel about Sarah overall, but I unpopular opinion didn't think she was like this crazy manipulative person that they were all trying to make her out to be. I do know that this tape the day after that episode aired. So I know she must've been maybe like on edge about it too. Like that's a lot. And I had Holly Durst on the podcast that week by chance and they know each other. So Holly was like defending Sarah. And I feel like people maybe thought I was just agreeing with Holly, but like I just didn't feel like she came in with this crazy manipulative thing. Like I'm going to plant seeds to make these women feel insecure about their relationships. I more felt like what she told you after the show and what she said on the show that she thought we were confiding in each other. And then they turned it on her. I don't, the crying part is weird, which we can get into, but what was your overall like vibe from Sarah from what you saw on the show and like interviewing her? I really liked chatting with her. She had a lot to say and she's very warm. I think she did not intend for all of this to blow up the way that it did. That's at least the impression that I got. Yeah. The whole situation is complicated because so much of what was discussed happened off camera. Right. So we didn't get to see everything the women were talking about, such as Clayton potentially crying or, you know, Sarah telling the other women about her relationship with Clayton in detail. And that's why there are so many unanswered questions here. Yeah. But I do think that 
she felt like Clayton was playing a game. I think she felt betrayed by some of her friends. Yeah. I believe she told you that it was the ultimate betrayal by Rachel and Teddy specifically because they were, must have been very close. Yeah. So apparently they were best friends in the house. Um, and she said that they shared intimate details about their conversations with Clayton. So all of them were discussing what was going on in their dates. Um, and she said to me, and I quote, I think what was the most hurtful is that even when it was brought to my attention that they felt insecure because of my relationship, I came to them specifically and I said, I take accountability for this. I apologize for this and I want to move forward. They accepted that apology. We all agreed not to share intimate details anymore and moving forward, we didn't. And then for them to bring it up again, but only bring it up to Clayton and not me was the ultimate betrayal. So yeah, she felt like... She thought it was an easy way to get her out of the house and boost themselves forward. It is kind of suspicious timing. I know they used that like fake therapist to try to say someone was being um, not genuine. And then they were like, okay, it must be Sarah. They needed to come up with something. Um, And again, I don't know Sarah. So maybe I'm just giving her the benefit of the doubt too much, but I just really, and I am confused about this whole did Clayton cry thing. Like maybe she over-exaggerated a little bit when she was gushing about the date. She thought he was getting teary-eyed. Maybe in her mind on this bachelor world, she thought her and Clayton had this crazy emotional connection and she couldn't help but brag about it. And she over-exaggerated, but I don't believe for a second. I really just don't that she came into this. I'm going to drop these hints. I'm going to make these girls think we're friends. I'm going to make them insecure. I'm going to make them feel like they should just quit because I'm the winner. I just, I don't know. I don't get that. And I think it's a fine line of sharing details when you're dating the same guy, but everyone on the show does that. Like, I don't, I don't know. That would be a lot of manipulation. Like, I don't even know how someone would do that. Right. (laughs) But with the crying, I think it's confusing because she said he, he didn't, I didn't say he cried to me. So she might've seen that happen at another moment. Who knows? But I will say that I think it's important to share both sides of the story. And I asked Teddy about this situation. Okay, yes. And and she said that it was hard because Sarah called her and Rachel liars. She said they did have a very strong relationship at the beginning and she wishes her well, but she doesn't see a friendship there anymore. So I think one thing is for sure. Yeah. These three ladies, yeah, they're not all going to be friends. Teddy and Rachel, though, are still... If they get them on the beach, that'd be awesome because there's definitely some unresolved tension there. Um, And Sarah also told you, I just thought it was interesting that she was kind of pissed at Clayton still because something that the viewers didn't see on the show was the day portion of that date, the Mm -hmm. second one-on-one, which I remember saying when I recapped it, what did we miss? They they, didn't just invite Sarah to dinner to talk about the Mara allegation, but that's all it aired. And she told you that they had a great time. And then she felt like the whole thing was a lie because she was set up to be confronted on that date, which I thought was really interesting. And the great quotes you got from her about that. Well, thank you. She said that they spent the entire day laughing, having fun. They were zip lining in Croatia, having deep developmental conversations about kids, family. So I think she felt especially blindsided and hurt that he waited until the night portion of the date to bring up the accusations, you know? Um, And that's why she thought Clayton was playing a game with her. Those were good. So those were some good quotes. Um, (laughs) Teddy was next. I feel like Teddy was getting a little bit of a bachelorette edit a little bit. We can get into what some of the girls said to you who they thought maybe would be a next good lead. But Teddy was wearing a black dress, which I saw a meme the other day that was like Hannah B., Michelle, like a lot of the last recent bachelorettes were black to the women tell all or their wow. or some sort of interview thing that they did. So I thought that was interesting. 
and she got a lot of praise. The DM with Clayton's brother, though, was interesting. I know that was another moment I feel like that you were kind of surprised by and that was kept in for sure. So what did she tell you about Clayton's brothers? And then I'll also read you what they were posting. Well, first of all, I just want to say I love Teddy meeting her in person. I thought she had such a sparkling personality. She's Ooh. so warm and fun. And I don't feel like her personality fully came across on the show. So okay. I really hope we see more of her in the future either that. Bachelorette or on Paradise. So, okay, now let's talk about the DMs because yes, that was another bombshell. So unexpected. So when I interviewed Teddy after the taping, I said, you know, what happened there? So she told me that when the cast was announced and they made their social media public, Clayton's brother followed her. And then during the first episode, he DM'd her. And she said she couldn't really remember. It was a very sweet message. It was something along the lines of like, oh, I'm so excited to watch tonight. My friends in Oregon are spoiling it for me. Um, but she said they never talked. She's never met him. And she didn't reply. What? <laughs> what? That's so weird of Clayton's brothers. I don't get so it. So weird. <laughs> What was the end goal here? And Clayton did tweet, both of my brothers have been Vietnamese, I can never say that word, denying sliding into the DM. So Teddy, please give the people, including me, what they want and release the DMs. And he added, let me clarify here. I a thousand percent believe Teddy. There's no way she made this up at all. So Clayton believes Teddy, he's laughing at it. Which one of these brothers is putting their DMs on vanish mode and hoping that Teddy doesn't want to make this a thing because, oh my God, this is so weird. So weird. And she said one Eckerd was enough for sure. So, you know, that will not be happening, but so strange within the same family. You just dated the, the brother and then you, you go for her too. Like what? It's, it's weird. Oh, and like, so in what fun. world are they, if, if they were just being like, oh, you know, I want to get involved in my brother's process. They know she, he didn't win or whatever. They get the first impression was they would have, there probably would be a lot more girls that they were like DMing or interacting with, but it didn't seem like something Teddy wanted to share. It didn't seem like anything she was interested in. She didn't release the DMs. She didn't really tell you anything crazy. She didn't reply apparently. So she has no interest in this narrative, but like, I need to see those DMs. We need to see the DMs. How are we going to get them? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I need like if, far for me to be rooting for some crazy social media leak, but like there are some bachelor nation DMS out there that like, I've always said, we need like a coffee table book of just bachelor nations DMS that always get alluded to on the show. And like, or when Blake Hortzman released like all those crazy texts with him and Caitlin Miller keys, like that was as bad of a move as that was. And that was messed up. Like as a, as a spectator, it was obviously like wildly entertaining. Like it's just, it's, it's crazy, but we need to behind the scenes in the age of social media is, is crazy. This did not exist back in the day. Andrew Firestone was not having to deal with <laughs> no, he was not. Jesse Palmer was not having to deal with. Jesse Palmer was not. Oh my god, I love watching those clips. By the that way, that was great. That was great. Um, what else did Teddy tell you about Andrew S? She was the one who, because their Clay was tweeting, who's Andrew S's cousin, Andrew from Katie season, and Clay from Becca season, their cousins. And Clay tweeted, kind of throwing it out there. And then you asked Teddy what she thinks of Andrew S. And what did she say? Teddy did say that she's ready to fall in love and okay. she's open to being the next bachelorette or going on paradise, which is exciting. 
So she said, without me even asking, that she thinks Andrew Spencer from Katie's season is cute. And then I asked her to elaborate. What is it she likes about Andrew? And she said, I think he's just the definition of joy. Like when you see him, he's so joyful. And I love that. He's so funny. I love a guy that's funny and he's very attractive. Okay, my heart melted in that moment. That's very sweet. They seem like two two nice people who probably don't need this show and they should date off camera. Like, I think they're... Yes, no, true. But also I'd love to see them fall in love totally. on camera. So paradise, anyone? I could yes. totally see them together and I want her to be happy. She's lovely. If she's not the bachelorette, I think at this point, it's probably down to Teddy, Serene, or one of the final three women. Right, yes. And Serene, nothing crazy big reveal. I mean, her and Clayton had a nice conversation when he finally came out and they spoke about, you know, don't put your walls back up. Thank you, like good closure stuff. But, you know, it does kind of allude to who will the next Bachelorette be. And with lately, the franchise has not necessarily been doing the most obvious thing. We've seen past leads from other seasons. We saw Clayton be pulled out of nowhere. We saw Katie and Michelle from Matt James season. They've skipped seasons before not picking a lead from. Um, But if we're getting back to a more traditional format and is one of these women, I know you asked everyone who, who you got to talk to afterwards, who they think should be the lead from the season and the general consensus, which it's hard to even say, cause we don't know how it ends. We're not spoiled. We have no idea. I don't even know if the spoilers out there, but it, it doesn't seem like Clayton is with some of these people because they were not the women necessarily know, but Susie was a popular answer, right? And Gabby was a popular answer. Yes. Okay. So we don't know how it ends. We really don't. I don't even Jessica Palmer doesn't know. I don't even think Clayton knows how his own season ends. It's so it's it's just so symbolic of again, perfectly fine person just in over his head from the second he got there. And it's the fact that there's no ending yet proves that. I just think that he means so well. He's trying to be so honest that he shared too much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he let producers guide him too much. And then he let his guard down at the wrong time. The moment he realized he was falling for all of them is when he should have been like, I can't trust anyone. But that was when he like fully was like embracing it. And it's like, no, no, no. Now is when you get the diary out and you don't let them get the sound like, bite. I love you and you. And I slept with all of you. And they're like, oh no, Clayton, no. Fly. No. <laughs> That's what the but fans Yes. Yes. Okay, so to go back to who the Bachelorette may be, uh, yeah, I asked Serene, Sarah, and Genevieve who they thought the next Bachelorette should be. Serene said that she would nominate Gabby or Susie. Susie was Serene's roommate, and she said that they were giggling and cracking up laughing the whole time together. So I think Gabby or Susie would be great choices because they seem lovely. They seem like kind women with great personalities, senses of humor, and I think men would love them and America would as well. And Sarah also said that she could see Susie doing it. She said that she's deserving of it. She's been very genuine to me and has good intentions. So that's nice to hear. And then Genevieve also said Susie or Gabby um, or Rachel. Um, but, you know, she said Gabby would just bring a different element to it because she's so funny and she's a great heart and she's an emotional person. And even just seeing those little moments of Gabby in the bloopers, I was like, I want more of this. People love Gabby. People are really, really big on Gabby. I think this tells me a few things. One, it's like, I, cause usually the women don't necessarily know what happened. Sometimes they do One, I think Teddy alluded to knowing, but two things. One, I think a lot of people just assume Rachel wins or there's something with Rachel because of the connection so far. And maybe the women are assuming that too, whether they know or not. And that's why they're leaning towards the other ones. It doesn't mean it's true, but it kind of makes it seem like maybe they're also reading 
the speculation or they think so, or that's what they saw. But I almost feel like it's, I don't know. I feel like he might end up alone. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like that's what they're getting at with the, yes. it's not over yet. But yeah. the whole, the whole thing reminded me of the Ari situation. When I just spoke to Caroline Lunny from Ari season on the podcast a few weeks ago, by chance, she was talking about her fertility struggles, but she mentioned, we brought out that moment at the women's all when she, cause she was the only one who knew that the switch up was coming. And she said to him and production knew she knew. So they were like ready for her to say this, but and she had a very specific line she could say because they didn't want her to spoil it. And I think, and that was on the record she told me. So I think that that would be a similar thing that might be happening here where they gave Sierra and Teddy maybe the okay to say what they said to kind of stir the pot because that's what they did with Caroline. And what Caroline said was, I know what you did. And like, I don't forgive you or something. Like it was very like Lauren Conrad. I know what you did. And I think that that's what they're kind of were getting at here. But it was interesting that Teddy went with the, I hope you're okay. And I was like, Ooh, what does that mean? So ominous, right? I was like, great teaser, Teddy. Um, But yes, because Teddy and Rachel are best friends. So I think that we can assume Teddy knows what happens, whether Rachel ends up with Clayton or doesn't. Yeah. Uh, But when I asked Teddy what she meant by that line, she said that she's in a unique situation where she does know how some of this plays out. And she hoped that Clayton is doing good. She's like, we can see from the promos, a lot goes on. He continues to do some things wrong. Um, But she's like, yeah, I think that some conversations will need to be had it after the final rose. (gasps) Ooh, Teddy's got all the tea. I can't wait till I can hopefully one day interview Teddy when all contracts are up and I can ask her a lot of questions based on the great quotes you got, but she can only say so much. You know what I mean? The next time you interview her, she may be engaged. I mean, it's not crazy, but it's true. Maybe to Andrew S. Maybe because the Us Weekly article that'll be out next tomorrow or by the time you guys are listening to this with her cute quotes that maybe he'll respond. We can be matchmakers. I'll let you go. We can wrap this up. Uh, Kira or Kiara, whoever it was at the end, desperately shooting her shot was just desperate, in my opinion. Didn't love that line for her. Um, and Clayton and Jesse teased to you and on the show. Don't know how it's going to end. Lots to come. Clayton told you he was, quote, petrified. He said petrified. He said, honestly, it was the closest thing to a train wreck. It was a mess and I feel terrible. I'm not looking forward to it because it's going to be very emotional. Look, I know that they always say most dramatic finale in Bachelor history. This actually could be the most dramatic finale because no one knows what's going to happen. It's all up in the air. Seems like maybe whoever Clayton does choose, if he does, we still don't know. Like there may be things they're working through right now in real time. So... We'll have to see. But Jesse also said he has no idea what's going to happen. He said he's excited, but also a little bit nervous. He doesn't know where it's going to go. He said it might be a little bit good, but it's not going to be all good. (laughs) What a line, Jesse Palmer. I know. That is so good. I'm so intrigued. Fantasy suites are tonight. Um, I'm assuming we'll get a cliffhanger situation because next week is a two-part episode. Monday and Tuesday, I had a source confirmed to me it will be live. So they will be doing that thing where Jesse Palmer will, I assume, be in studio going back and forth um, between the clips, bringing out the women as it happens. Peter Weber vibes for sure, where, um, you know, I don't know if Clayton's dad looks like he might have a little barb in him. He's going to give him a hard time. I'm kind of happy about that. Um, But I do sympathize for Clayton. I think he's in for a doozy. I hope he 
he hopefully he gets something good out of this because I don't know if it's a fiance or even a girlfriend. But um, I was told to buckle up based on tonight's episode and the next couple of days from from a production source. So I'll mm-hmm. leave you guys at that. Hannah, thank you so much for joining me. Um, this was me. so fun. This was so much going on here. And um, you'll have to come back. We'll have to touch base after the season ends and see if we were right about our predictions and what's going on. And hopefully we can send you to whatever live event they got going on in LA next. I would love that. When do you think we'll find out about the next Bachelorette? A lot of times I do it at the after the final rose, but I don't know. I feel like it should be interesting. They got to figure out what I never got confirmation on the production schedule because there was talks of them doing two bachelors, but I don't think that ever happened. Um, but usually they announced would start filming it at the end of March. So soon I would think. Oh my goodness. I cannot wait. Well, thank you again so much. And everyone don't forget to like subscribe, leave a five-star review and come back tomorrow for another episode recapping Tuesdays. Still working on my guests, but I think I'll be here either way to break down fantasy suites and then next week, another two-parter. So I will talk to you guys later. Thank you, Hannah. And have a great one, everybody. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.